Hi, and welcome to the Mastery Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matt, and today we are going to talk about burnout. Burnout is something many of us are experiencing without even realizing that we are in the thick of it. And historically, there has been a lot of stigma around this term burnout and acknowledging burnout in our own lives because it mainly has been a term used only in the workplace. But man, ever since the start of 2020, where we were forced to work from home and the lines between professional and personal got extremely blurry and there were suddenly a spike of burnout happening all over the world because now you're, you're dealing with adjusting to constant change, lack of boundaries and parenting and work demands all happening to us at once and an overwhelming sense of loss and fear for many of us has us feeling overwhelmed like all the time. We're juggling balls in the air and it's just too much sometimes. A mentor of mine once told me, Matt, in life we juggle balls in the air all the time. Some of the balls that you're juggling are made out of rubber, like work, that when you drop these balls, it most likely will bounce back up. Either someone picks up your slack or something that you do, you can recover from no matter how difficult it might get. But some of the balls you juggle are made of glass, like your health or your relationships around you. And if you ignore these and you drop them, they will shatter and they won't bounce back. Our body and our mind needs nourishment and rest in order for us to refill and recharge. Just like a car needs gas, right? Your car needs gas to go more miles or Tesla needing to recharge its battery to perform at an optimal state. We, our bodies and our mind, we too need to fill up our internal well in order for us to consistently achieve high performance in life. Now, many of us fill up in different ways, right? Some of us need solitude, isolation, and a respite just to fill up. Others need community. And in order for us to grow, we need to understand where we are and acknowledge the truth of where we are. So today, I want to talk about burnout in an honest way that's digestible and relatable for all of us. According to the original technical definition of burnout by Herbert uh, Freudenberger in 1970, there are three factors involved in the experience of burnout. Number one, he says that when we're experiencing burnout, one of the first signs is depersonalization. This basically means that we separate ourselves emotionally from our work instead of feeling that fulfillment or enjoyment that we once got from the work we do. Now, this is one of the three signs that we are in the stages or approaching burnout mode. Number two, he also says that we feel a lack of accomplishment from whatever we do. So many of us will work harder and harder, more and more, yet we still don't feel like we are accomplishing anything or making any kind of progress towards our goals. And then lastly, number three, when we are feeling emotionally exhausted, just drained, like our well is completely empty, this is one of the feelings or 
If you have all three, these are the signs of burnout. So what do we do? According to the research of doctors Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski, they wrote a book recently called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, which I highly recommend, by the way. They talk about the importance for us to first understand and differentiate our stress from stressors. So what's the difference? Stressors are often the external things like unmet expectations or unmeetable goals or money issues, finances, family issues, traffic, dissertation, work deadlines, or being chased by a tiger, right? These are stressors. These are the things that cause our stress. And stress is our internal happenings, the physiological response to what happens when we react to the stressors that we're experiencing in life. Now, I love this example that Brene Brown used with her graduate students because it also happened to me. So uh, every grad student she mentors and advises, she tells them that after you complete your dissertation, take care of yourself, carve out time to rest. And her students are saying, no, no, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to party. But what often happens is that once the stressor is completed or removed, like finishing our dissertation, we're still left with the feelings of stress if we don't acknowledge it and move through it and address it. So when I completed my dissertation, I can tell you how relieved and excited I was to finally get it done because it was one of the most difficult things I committed to and completed. And once I successfully defended and passed my dissertation, guess what? I got sick. You see, my body was activated and firing on all cylinders in response to the stressor. And I ignored to deal with the stress inside me because I never separated the two. I never thought about stressors and stress in this way. So according to Emily and Amelia Nagoski, I did not complete the stress cycle because I was stuck in the beginning and the middle of the stress cycle. So the stress cycle looks like this. It has a beginning, middle, and an end. The beginning is when you first perceive the threat, right? That's when we first activate our body. The stressor then activates, and the middle is what we do, our body does, in response to the stressor. The end is when your body receives the signal that it has escaped from that potential threat and that your body is now in a safe place for you to be. So what's interesting about this whole stress cycle thing is that you can complete the cycle even while the stressors persist in our lives. What do I mean by this? So back in the beginning of time, stressors used to be chasing after you like lions or tigers, and we were literally fighting for our lives. Our stress caused us to either fight, flight, or freeze until we were safe and alive. But nowadays, our stressors are different, right? We don't have chasing tigers or lions. And our stress are what researchers call chronic stressors. They're ongoing and continuous. They persist in our lives, these stressors. They're stressful, but often not life-threatening. And we focus so much on the stressor itself 
that we neglect to deal with the actual stress, the internal physiological response to the stressor. So one of the best things for us to do to deal with the stress in our lives, no matter if the stressors are still there, is to activate the body to do some sort of physical activity, like, um, for example, a walk or jumping jacks or push-ups, something that activates the body, which signals to the brain that it is safe to be in my body right now, that we are safe, we are alive. And when we look at the burn, uh, when we, and when we look at burnout this way, the three signs that we spoke about earlier, it's still hard to accept for some because the stigma around burnout, even though we're trying to normalize it. The first thing to note about burnout is that it's not a medical diagnosis or not a mental illness. It's a condition of feeling overwhelming amounts of stress in our life. It just means that we need to be completing our stress cycle and get through it to the end. One reason burnout happens in the first place is that we are unable to recognize the hard and difficult emotions that are happening within us as they are happening. We don't acknowledge it and we brush it off, right? What experts recommend us doing is to turn towards these difficult emotions and feelings with compassion and kindness. So it goes something like this. Let's say we're feeling stress, right? Instead of brushing it off and, and uh, distracting ourselves, we check in with ourselves and we say, man, I feel really stressed right now. I feel unreasonably angry and cranky. I wonder why that is. And instead of going into fix-it mode, like trying to solve it for it or move past it as quickly as possible, it's really important to check in with it, to get curious about what you're feeling because there's a phrase called name it to tame it. Sometimes asking your, your, your feelings, like, why are you there? What do you need from me? What has to change in order for you to feel different? Now, back to Emily Nagoski in her book, Burnout. She says that feelings are like tunnels. You have to go through the darkness to get to the light on the other end. And she says that stress is not bad for you. It's getting stuck in this middle of this tunnel that's bad for you. And one of the reasons we get stuck in the middle of this tunnel is and not completing the stress cycle is because we feel afraid of the uncomfortable internal experiences we have in life. Remember, name it to tame it. When we begin to name what we're feeling, we begin to tame our experiences and the stress that we're experiencing in life. So lean into curiosity, right? Get curious, not furious. Learn to acknowledge your emotions because this data, the emotional data that our body is signaling in our life is crucial for us to explore and learn more about so that we can continue to move through the tunnels of life of our emotional landscape, our emotional experience, so we can come out at the other end successful, no matter what type of stressors are in our lives. 
So today we talked about burnout, and I hope that we can begin to acknowledge burnout in our lives in a different way so we can acknowledge the emotions we experience and move through the stress cycle by first separating stressors from stress and dealing with the stress in our lives. Thank you for tuning in to the Mastering Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matt, and if you liked what you heard, please subscribe to our channel because we'll be updating uh, frequently on various aspects of learning how to master our mindset.